morning. I jokingly said to Tracy before we started the worship today, I said, um, no pressure on you, but uh, it would be good if heaven came down so I didn't have to preach. <laughs> no pressure on you and the worship team, but it, I loved the worship. I honestly did. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for your sacrifice and even those that weren't up here today but uh, are part of it. You come early, you leave late, you carry your instruments around. <laughs> yeah, I know you come on a Thursday night and practice, and it's a sacrifice, so we appreciate it. Thank you. We are the benefactors of it. Thank you. So if I'd ask you a question, there's a line out of one of Jason Upton's song. Uh, it's from the song called um, Jesus, You're Beautiful. And he starts off, he says, what can I give to you? God, what can I give to you? Because you're the God of all. You own all things. You created all things. All things are by you, for you, and to you. And I remember once riding in the car, and as that song came on, that line came on, and it just struck a chord in me. What can I give to you, God? I mean, I mean you God. <laughs> or another question is, what pleases you, God? Because the Bible says we can please him. It's amazing. And so today what I want to talk on is the privilege of priestly sacrifices. I don't know if it's coming up at the back. I don't know what to call it, to be honest. Or the privilege of priesting, but there's no such word as that. So, the privilege of priestly sacrifices. The Bible says that when we offer these sacrifices unto the Lord, they are pleasing to him. They are pleasing to him. So we're going to look at that. So turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter, please. 1 Peter, chapter 2. And I don't have the scriptures written down, so I have to keep turning to my Bible, which is great. Because I don't know about you, but I've got underlining and marks and arrows and whatever, so it's just helpful. <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It's an amazing scripture. That we are called to be priests, New Testament priests, offering spiritual sacrifices which are acceptable because of Jesus Christ. We can never do to earn but because of what we received in Jesus, because of our forgiveness of sins, because he set us apart, he calls us to be New Testament priests. Amen. Go to verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a nation, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him, which we just did wonderfully, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We can say amen to that, eh? Amen. By the way, hello to those online. I forgot to say that. 
I'm busy reading the scripture, and that thought comes in my brain. Okay, so <laughs> go with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. From verse 4, the bottom part of verse 4. Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Just underline that in your Bible. Whenever you read the news and you see what's happening in the world, read that. The ruler of the kings of the earth. So never be phased by what's going on in the world. Because I read there, he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Amen. To him who loves us and who has freed us or washed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom, the new King James says, and made us to be kings and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. So clearly again in Revelations, it tells us that we are called to be kings and priests. A king rules with delegated authority and we're to rule over the powers of darkness. But that's not what I'm touching on today. We have given that authority to rule over the powers of darkness, to rule over the works of the evil one, to destroy the works of the evil one. We are kings in his sight. Amen. And so the kingdom of God can invade. But we're also priests to serve. And the one can't go without the other. In order for us to be ruling, in order for us to have kingly authority, we need to be able to offer our priestly service sacrifices. i put it this way. Derek Prince, I'm just trying to find a way i put it. Derek Prince puts it this way. Before we can offer, sorry, before we can walk in our priestly or our kingly authority, before we can exercise the delegated authority, we need to offer up our priestly sacrifices or our priestly offerings. That's what we need to do. So we do both, but the one facilitates the other, if you understand what I'm saying. All right, so now to understand this a little bit better and understand what are these spiritual sacrifices, that God calls us to offer up. That's acceptable in his sight. So give it a little bit of understanding. Let's go to Revelation chapter. Now, actually, first let's go to Genesis chapter, where is it? Chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. I think the scripture's coming up on the back of the wall. Genesis chapter 8. This is about Noah. And we can see what happened with Noah from verse 15. The Bible says, this is when the flood has come, the waters have recited. Then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of live living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground. So they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number upon it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his son's wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on the earth came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some 
of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelt the pleasing aroma, and he said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. If you go over to chapter 9, verse 1, and then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, and fill the earth. So we can see clearly here that as Abram, I mean, as Noah came and offered willingly a sacrifice unto the Lord after the flood waters had resided, this aroma went up to the Lord and it was pleasing to him. Think about the analogy of the smoke going up from the, and it's like, it's an analogy, and you smell, it's like you walk into an area, walk into a kitchen, and you can smell the fragrance of something cooking. It's aroma. The Bible said it was an aroma, a pleasing aroma unto the Lord. And as a result, he responded and said, never again will I do this. But he offered up a sacrifice, best that he knew how. He gave the best of what he could do at that particular point in time. Now let's go to Leviticus chapter 9. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. For homework, you all got to go home and read Leviticus before you go to sleep tonight. <laughs> and memorize all the laws and all the ordinances and... Leviticus chapter 9. All right. When I eventually get there. From verse 1. We're going to read in from verse 1. Leviticus 9 verse 1. If you have a Bible. It says, On the eighth day Moses summoned Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a bull calf for your sin offering and a ram for your burnt offering both of their defect, and present them before the Lord. Then they say to Israel, then say to Israel, take a male goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defect, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram of fellowship offering, to sacrifice before the Lord, together with a grain offering mixed with oil. It speaks of the anointing. For today the Lord will appear to you. They took the things Moses commanded to the front of the tent of meetings and the entire assembly came near and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded you to do so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Isn't that an interesting statement? If you willingly bring these sacrifices as I've preordained, as I've described, when you do them in the way that are prescribed, I will appear to you. My glory will come to you. And so Moses does that. If you carry on reading, we don't have time, from verse 15 to verse 21, the Bible says they offered the sacrifices. And then in from verse 22 to 24, then Aaron lifted his hands towards the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, the fellowship offering, he stepped down. Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of the meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offerings and the fat portions on the altar. And all the people saw it. They shouted for joy and face, fell face down. I think so would we. <laughs> so we can clearly see that the Lord ordained his sacrifices as priests unto him, and when they did it, and later on we know there were priests that had to bring the sacrifices, the daily and the annual sacrifices. They were priests for God unto his people. And so God set this precedent, 
And then in the New Testament, because of the Jesus and what he's done, we become priests. You don't have to go to a priest. We are the priests of the Lord. Hello, you with me? You don't have to go through someone else. Jesus made the way so we can go directly to him. But also we can offer sacrifices as priests unto the Lord. That becomes a sweet smelling fragrance and aroma to him. That in due time and course he begins to respond to that. And things begin to take place. Hallelujah. So, what are these spiritual sacrifices? What are they? That's what we're going to look at today. Amen. I'm glad you asked. All right. Always remember, Jesus was the sacrifice for sin. So we cannot do something to get something from God because we have been given it through Jesus Christ. So as sons and daughters, we come and offer sacrifices. I was going to nearly preach on the four calls that God has on our life. He calls us to salvation. He calls us to sonship. He calls us to service. And he calls us to sacrifice. But these two have to come out of these two. If you do service and sacrifices because of something that's not right in me, in order to get, I miss the, miss the whole thing that I'm a son and a daughter. It's because I'm a son and a daughter, I willingly come and serve and sacrifice. I don't do to get. I've already been given. And then out of my overflow, my heart and my love and my grace and the incredible gratitude, Lord, I will serve the way you want me to serve. I will lay down or sacrifice what you need to. It's very key that we understand that. But the Lord calls us to these things. So I'm touching a little bit on the last one. You with me? All right, so what is the first sacrifice? Not necessarily in this order. Let's go to Romans. What are the priestly sacrifices of sons and daughters? Let's go to Romans, Romans chapter 12. Romans, Paul spells it out for us wonderfully in the New Testament. We are New Testament priests and kings. Verse 1, Romans 12 verse 1. Therefore, I remember reading Derek Prince and he used to say, whatever you see that word therefore, go back and look why it's the therefore. <laughs> it's quite obvious. If you go back to verse, chapter 11 and your verse from verse 33 downwards, it said, Oh, the depth and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him of all things, to him be the glory forever. Therefore, because of that, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's incredible mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This body, that body, that God that you live in, becomes instruments of righteousness, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6. It was instruments of wickedness before we got saved, 
Now he says, take this body, and now it doesn't belong to you any longer, and use it as instruments of righteousness, Romans 6 says this, that is pleasing to the Lord. Live unto him. So when we take this body and we bring it as a living sacrifice, we breathe in. It's not the dead animals anymore. You're not bringing something. You're now bringing yourself. It's vastly different. You're bringing yourself as a living sacrifice. It's no longer a ritual activity, but it's a willing involvement of my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my will. It's a willing. And as I bring my mind and my thoughts and my preferences to the Word of God, he begins to shift and adjusts. And as I bring my mind continually to the Word, and as I bring my body unto him, so that's why worship, it's good to lift your hands. The sacrifice of praise. I'm going to look foolish. So what? Sacrifice of praise. It's good to dance when you want to dance before him. Use your feet and dance. That's why you use your lips and your mouth and you sing out. Because it's a sacrifice of praise. You're bringing this body and you're bringing it before him and you're saying, Body, get up. Body, get up, body. Bring this body to church, and you're going to worship God. Sometimes you don't feel like it. That's why it's a sacrifice. Hello? Much more than hit the snooze button and go back to sleep. Who knows what I'm talking about, eh? Yeah. Nobody, you're going to come to church. You're going to fellowship, and you're going to hug somebody, and you're going to encourage somebody. And you're going to welcome somebody, whether you want to or not, body, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because it's a sacrifice that's pleasing to him. That's what the Bible says. So think about it. Every time you willingly come and give of your body in any form or any shape, these hands, these eyes, his mouth, his feet, whatever it is, to worship him, to honor him, to do something for him, to go somewhere. The aroma goes up to him. The aroma goes up to him. That's what the Bible says. Offer your bodies as a willingness. Every time we offer ourselves to the Lord's will and not ours, and we develop a lifestyle, every time we resist the patterns of this world, Every time we're willing to say, I will forgive, I will not hold on to stuff. Every time we're willing to do that, it's a sacrifice unto the Lord. Every time. Every time we are kind. Every time we're willing to go the extra mile for somebody. Because the body's got to do it. Body's got to get up. It's a sacrifice. Bring your bodies as a living sacrifice. So I encourage you sometimes say, Body, you're going to do this. Don't let your body dictate to you, you dictate to the body. Hallelujah. You with me? Yeah, it really is. The Bible says it's a fragrant offering. It's a fragrant offering. This aroma goes up to him. 
every time I bring my body. Every time I'm nice to my wife or my wife's nice to me, let me rather put it that way. I'm teasing you, Mike. Amen. Learn to bring your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living, because you're living, you're breathing. You learn. You learn to get up. You learn to go to the meeting you don't want to go to. The people that come into the worship. I don't think every Thursday night they say, yippee, I just got home from work. I'm tired. I've hardly eaten now. I've got to lug all my stuff and go and do practice. It's a sacrifice. If we have to be honest. But it's an aroma to him. It's an aroma to him. Let's go to the next one. Romans chapter 15. Verse 15, I've written you quite boldly on some points as to remind you of them again. Because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So every time we give ourselves to the gospel, every time we give ourselves to present the gospel in whatever form that is to the unbelievers, whether it be through speaking, drama, whatever, kindness, whatever time we present the gospel in whatever form God uses us to do it, to the unbelievers, it becomes a sacrifice unto him. As we become servants of the gospel, to bring the gospel to the nations and the unbelievers, becomes a fragrant offering to him. Don't worry about the response. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? And those people that turn towards the Lord, the Bible says, they really become acceptable in his sight. Fragrant offering. Acceptable, fragrant aroma offering. Let's go to the next one. Philippians chapter 4. Oh my, we've got time. Praise the living Lord. Gentiles eat pork chops for those who are not sure where it is. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. That's the best way I remember it. I've said it a couple of <laughs> Gentiles eat pork chops three times. Then all the T's. All the T's. Three times. Timothy, Titus, and whatever the next word. Thessalonians. <laughs> Three times, three times daily, eat the pork chops. Now I'm teasing, okay. (laughs) Philippians chapter 4. I'm being all naughty now. All right. All right, let's read from verse 14. This is a scripture later on you'll see that many of us quote, but we've got to see the context in which it's quoted. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles, talking to this Philippian church. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I received full payment and even more. I'm amply supplied. And now I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And then a verse we always quote, 
And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That's the context in which it's come. And the context is when Paul, if you read Acts chapter 16, went to Thessalonians, I mean, went to Philippi, he planted a church there. And if you read the book of Philippians, you see the heart that Paul has for these people. It's one of the few books where he doesn't bring adjustments. He doesn't talk about sin or licentiousness or legalism. He talks what a joy this church is to him. It was a very poor area, very poor church. And so out of their relationship with Paul, they of their own turn decided to help Paul. Help him in his ministry with money. Physical gifts. With money. So that he could carry on presenting the gospel and carry on facilitating other churches. And Paul says, those gifts that you sent me, that are offering unto the Lord. That are fragrant offering unto him. Every time we give towards what I call apostolic ventures, in other words, going into the nations, going to help churches, going to plant churches, going to strengthen churches, when you give towards that, willingly, the Bible says, it's a fragrant offering to him. The actual money. Isn't that amazing? It's unbelievable that we can take money that we've worked for, we've slaved for, we've sacrificed for, we've got up early for, we've gone to bed late for, and you willingly come and give it for the gospel. And the Lord says, you're giving me your offering. That's your hard work. And I'm going to receive it as a fragrant offering unto me. An acceptable sacrifice. And so Paul's writing back because he asked others and they wouldn't help him. But this church did. And they were poor. And if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it says he gave beyond your means. You gave much more than you could have. You gave way beyond what you were able to. To help me. And he said it's an accredited to your account. It's not about helping me. It's about it's being accredited to your account. It's amazing how God, even just money, pure, simple money, when used for the extension of the kingdom, it's a fragrant offering. It's not the, not the tithes. Nothing to do with tithes. It's a generous free will offering. Hallelujah. And if I may say this to you, if I don't know, I'm not going to step on toes. This was given out of a relationship. They knew Paul, and Paul knew them. Don't feel free or feel led to give money to people that you don't know when you see them on TV and they say they need your money. You don't know who they are. I don't care how anointed they are. God moves your heart by all means. Hello? And I'll get shut down for that, but it's a fact. It's true. You want to give to those you know, those you trust, those that walked with you, those that when your child is sick at 2 o'clock in the morning, they'll come and stand with you and pray for you. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. The guy on TV is not going to do that. He can't. I'm not blaming him. He just can't. Always give out a relationship. 
always give out of relationship. They become a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice unto the Lord. Think about it. You take something, you write a check, just a simple thing, whatever it is, you credit card, I don't know. And as you do it, that fragrant offering goes up to the Lord. It's amazing. Then my God will meet all your needs in Christ Jesus. All right. Acts chapter 10, I don't think I have to do the same thing. Remember Acts 10, I don't think I gave the scripture Cornelius, the Gentile Cornelius. I'll quickly read it to you. I don't think I gave them the scripture. Sorry, guys, in the booth there. You do a wonderful work for us as well. Come in early as well. Set up the computers, the sound guys. Appreciate it, really, I mean it. Yeah. Where am I going? What did I say? X. I'm in Corinthians. All right, I need your help to help me where I'm going. All right, Acts 10. Acts 10 is a wonderful story about Cornelius, and in verse 2 it says, He and his family were devout God-fearing. They were not saved, they were God-fearing. I come from the nation of South Africa, and the Afrikaans-speaking people in that nation, they're very God-fearing people. They really are. They're very God-fearing people. It reminds me of Southerners in this country. They're God-fearing. And when those people get saved and those people get anointed with the Spirit, they come on fire. They really come on fire. You know what I'm talking about. It's wonderful to see. So this man, he was a God-fearing, a devote. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And as a result of that, one day about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of the Lord who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. So this man who gave, he was God-fearing, started a whole chain of events. Somebody had a vision. An angel came. Peter went into a trance. Peter had to get adjusted because he didn't want to eat the food. You know what I mean. He goes and preaches to Cornelius. Another vision. His whole household gets saved, and the Holy Spirit comes down. Twice it says in Scripture, while Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit interrupted him and came. One in Acts and yeah. Isn't that amazing? Because of this man, Cornelius. He just faithfully helped the poor people, and he faithfully prayed. It was a fragrant offering. God came and answered it. It's the same as the Philippian church. All right, so let's go. We've got time for three more. Let's go to Hebrews 13. You all still with me? You're all very quiet. I'm not sure if you're listening or you're falling asleep. Or When this became a reality to me many years ago in my life, it helped me profusely. Because you always think, Lord, what can I give to you? What can I do? What can I, how can I measure my life that becomes pleasing to you? Not perfect. Not without some issues to work through. But, you know, you get into the lifestyle of doing these things. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Now, I touched on it briefly when I said bring your bodies, but praise. When we praise God because he deserves the praise, not because of what we're going to get, because he is God. 
when we willingly, sacrificially praise Him. My wife has a revelation of this more than I do. She's had it for a number of years, and then she read a book not too long ago by Ruth Heflin. And uh, she started to implement in her life 21 days of praise. Is that correct, my dear? And because of what it did in her, she started to speak to other people about it. And I know there's some people sitting here that it's helped you. And she just said 21 days, because in 21 days you change your habit. Whether you feel like it or not, you get up and you praise God. You put something on and you praise Him. And now Dave was one of those recipients. And I can imagine Dave in the morning, his poor family, putting something on and running around the house all over the show and whatever their case is. That's probably what Dave does, but anyway. But just the impact it's had. And I know he started to minister to their men about it. That's what the Bible's talking about there. A sacrifice of praise. We sat yesterday morning, Michelle and I, and she has an ability to find the right songs in the right moment. She just does. I tell you, it's anointing. It's not in the Bible, but it's an anointing. And we just sat for an hour, and we just sat on the couch and worshipped. And she just kept switching the songs from one to another on a computer. I was undone just by sitting there and praising God. I just was undone. Praise is incredibly powerful, people. Incredibly powerful. I encourage you to develop a lifestyle of praise. Sing while you're showering. Sing while you're bathing. <laughs> Sing in your car. When I first got to this country, there's so much happening in this country, and it was very overwhelming to me, but slowly I found my feet. Um, and I've told the story about when we first got here, Michelle said, well, please go buy some milk, M-I-L-K. How do you pronounce it, Jan? Milk, milk, whatever, okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> I went, I don't know how to pronounce So I went down and I found this thing that said food line. I thought, well, they must have it. Just understand, I had no concept. I had, don't know. And I walked in there, and this thing was huge. And I'm from the country. I'm not used to the bigness. Everything's big in this country. And eventually, I found the section that had the mark. Well, it ranged from that wall to that wall. I was so overwhelmed. I went home. I didn't buy anything. I was just <laughs> too overwhelmed. 2%, 1%, this mark, D, B, A, C. What the heck? I just want milk. But uh, I'm saying that to say this, that because of all that happens in this nation, and I'm a sports-loving man, the biggest area I had to deal with in this nation was distraction. And I went through a season where when I drove in my car, I would often listen to the news just to catch up with what's happening and what's going on in the world and whatever the case is. Oh, thank you, thank you. And what I've found over a season of time Instead of me just worshiping in, in the car and worshiping the Lord and just listening to the news, and there's nothing wrong with listening to the news, just to find out what's going on. I found I lost something with God. That's what I found. It took me a while to get onto that. So now when I'm going in my car, I don't listen to the news. All I do is put on worship. 
And I've been doing that probably for about a year and a half now. And I've just found the change. Didn't do anything wrong, but I've just found it. It's different. I arrive at a place different. Do you understand? I don't arrive at a place all angry, upset because of what I heard on the news. I'm wanting to take some politician out or whatever the case is. But <laughs> I won't say who, but anyway. Um, <laughs> praise is incredibly powerful, people. Incredibly powerful. I encourage you, get into a lifestyle of praise. However you choose to do that. Let's go down to the next one. The very next verse. So I'll read verse 15 again. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise and the fruit of our lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. So whenever we help others and give to others and willing to go the extra mile for others, it's pleasing to the Lord. It really is pleasing to the Lord. Galatians, I think I gave them this scripture, Galatians chapter 6. Same sort of principle Paul writes here from verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man sows where he reaps. The one sows to please his sinful nature. From that sinful nature will reap destruction. The other one sows to please the spirit. From the spirit he will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Just doing good. You're sowing to the Spirit. Naturally being good. Just being good to people, helping people. You sow into the Spirit every time. That becomes a fragrant offering. That's what Paul is saying in Hebrew, the writer to Hebrews. It's a fragrant offering. And then the last one, let's go to Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. I hope this has been helpful. Revelation verse 8. Chapter 8, sorry, verse 1. When he opened the seven seals, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, folded it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. And there came peals of thunder and rumblings and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Pray. 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 It's a fragrant offering to the Lord. When we touch heaven, God touches earth. And these sacrifices are a fragrant offering to him. We begin to touch his heart as sons and daughters. Because of the gratitude we have in our heart for what he's done, I willingly say, Lord, I don't live for you myself anymore. I live for you. I offer this body as a living sacrifice. I will bring my mind to your word of God so you can make the necessary adjustments that you need to. I will give where you want me to give for the extension of the gospel. Whatever it means, I will preach the gospel however means, even if it's just 
Jesus loves you. That's a fragrant offering to you. I will continue to praise you. Let the fruit of my lips go up to you as a praise offering and sacrifice unto you, Lord. I will help who I can, Lord, because it's a fragrant offering to you. And I'll get on my knees and pray for people because it's a fragrant offering to you. That's our priestly, New Testament priestly sacrifices. That's what they are. Sacrifice should not be thought of as negative terms. The greatest of all Christian virtues is love. And the purpose of the greatest sacrifice ever made was to release the love of God on this earth through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Sacrifice is not an end in itself. It's not an end in itself. Sacrifice releases power, love. The greater sacrifice, the greater the power is released. The greatest of all sacrifices has released the greatest power of all. At the moment of death, even before the resurrection, the natural realm could not contain the power released from the throne of heaven. The power of the cross invaded every realm of this earth because of the willing sacrifice that Jesus said, not my will, but yours, Heavenly Father. I give up myself to you. And the whole foundation of the earth shook and the rock split open and the dead were raised and the curtain was torn at the sacrifice. Willingly given. We have the privilege of willingly giving sacrifices to our Lord in heaven. We have the privilege of being a real priesthood. We have the privilege of bringing these priestly offerings to him. We have the privilege to let this fragrance go up before him. Let this aroma, that's pleasable sacrifice, and as we serve in this way, God begins to work in our families, begins to work in our lives, it begins to work in our churches, it begins to work in our cities, and it begins to work in our nation. Because we are priests unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. God is good, eh? Wonderful. I trust this is helpful. Get these in your life. <clears throat> I wonder if you could stand. If you could just bow your heads, close your eyes. I don't want you to leave here feeling guilty in any form or any shape because you maybe knew some of this and you haven't done it or because you feel, what? Why haven't I done it? Don't go there. Don't go there, please. Just say, Lord, with what you've revealed to me, the truth that you impacted with me today, whatever became a revelation to you, say, Lord, give me the grace to implement this in my life. Give me the grace. Because Jesus came full of grace and truth. So every truth that comes is a grace that enables you to walk in it. Because he came in truth and grace. Father, I thank you that you've called us priests. Priests. That we can actually come and in a sense minister unto you as priests. Thank you for that privilege. Thank you, Father. Thank you for these offerings that you call us to bring to you willingly, freely, not obligated. And Lord, we look forward to what's coming. 
thank you, you are faithful and true to your word. Thank you for your presence. in a rush. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord just wants to settle some of these words in our hearts. Just let them settle. Let them take root. So we don't just rush out of here. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And all the priests of God said, Amen, because that's what you are.